I'd like to say hello to my son in prison right now through the radio ministry. Uh, glad you can hear me and thankful for this church's ministry. By the way, any of you in the prison there that want to get hooked up with Solid Rock Ministries, which we support as a church, will be glad to uh, write us here at New Hope Baptist Church, and we'll see that you get a good Bible and hooked up with Solid Rock Ministries. Thank you. Now we're on the air. Should be officially. All right. Uh, Matthew eleven twenty-five through 30 is what we're looking at today, this morning. Matthew eleven twenty-five through 30. Part of the Gospels. The four Gospels in your Bible are Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Synoptic Gospels are what they called, uh, except for the book of John. The Synoptic Gospels are Matthew, Mark, and Luke. They tell you a summary of Christ, what he did. John, the book of John, tells you why he did it, more or less. At that time, Jesus answered and said, I thank thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because thou hast bid these things from the wise and prudent, and hast revealed them unto babes. Even so, Father, for so it seemed good in thy sight. All things are delivered unto me of my Father, and no man knoweth the Son, but the Father neither knoweth any man the Father save the Son. And he that whosoever the Son will reveal him. Jesus Christ said, I am the way in the book of John, the truth and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. That is 27 in another form. Here's our verse for today, this morning. Come unto me, all ye that are late labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke, take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lonely in heart and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Thank you, Lord, for the privilege to look into your word this morning. May I endeavor to do it some justice, as you have appointed me to do this morning. I thank you for this congregation. I thank you for everyone here today. I ask your blessing on them, and I ask that you give them something for their sacrifice today. In Jesus' name and to his glory we pray. Amen. So, this is Matthew eleven twenty eight is the second most popular verse in the world. Anytime you hear about scripture or it's bantied around or attempted to be quoted to some degree, Matthew eleven twenty eight is the second most. Does anybody have any idea what the first most quoted and noted scripture in the world is? John 3, 16, for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Those two are the two most popular. The next, next most popular chapter of the Bible is Psalms 23, the 23rd Psalm, more quoted than any other book in the Bible, any other portion of the scripture in the Bible, Psalms, the 23rd Psalm is. Very interesting. We're not going to look at the 23rd Psalm today. But we're going to look at 11.25 through 30. We read it. And the first thing I want to point out to you is the verse itself. It says, come on to me, comma. That means pause. That's a statement. And who is the first one? There's two people mentioned here in that first part of Matthew 
8, it says, come on to me. We uh, can look at the me and know immediately that it's Jesus Christ, as it, he's identified in verse 25, which is the paragraph preceding the last paragraph in chapter 11. At that time, Jesus answered and said, and the rest of that is Jesus interacting, making statements about his interaction with the Father and his interaction with us. That leads us to the second person named in Come On To Me, and that is uh, you, come. See, come requires action on one's part. God is there. He's always been there. He always will be there. But he requires you to come to him. He's more patient than I. He's more patient than you. He's more patient than anybody else in this world. But he requires us to step towards him. He's not going to force himself on anybody. He's not going to be belligerent and pointed towards anybody. He is going to require you to come to him. Come on to me, all ye that labor. Oh, and are heavy laden. Okay, we'll get to the second part. All ye that labor and are heavy laden, comma, another thought, and it's all inclusive, all ye. Ye is a singular form. It includes you as an individual, ye and thee. No, it doesn't. It's singular. It's plural. It's plural in form, and it includes you as an individual. He's talking to everyone, everybody. There's nobody outside of that. Not the people in Black Lives Matter, not the people in White Lives Matter, not the people in Bangladesh, not the people in uh, Germany. Everybody, everyone who comes to God will receive recompense for it. Come unto me, all, the, all ye that labor. That word labor is kind of an odd word, isn't it? All ye that labor and are heavy laden. When I think of the word labor, I think of uh, a lady I met on the ferry this week. She had a little baby in front of her, and in, inside, underneath her blouse or whatever they call the stuff ladies wear nowadays, and she had one strapped to her back. And I says, oh my, you're in big trouble, aren't you? And she says, it's just part of my job. And uh, later her... Uh, one of her daughters announced that she wanted to be a mother also. And it was a nice thing. They had three children. They're here on the island. Dr. Sealander's family just came in on the ferry. And this was his daughter that I'm talking about. I don't know if it'll be a surprise to him or not. We invited him here to church. Uh, and uh, they, uh, I, I, I was excited. And it kind of sprung me off on this me message, labor, labor. All ye that labor and I will give you rest. And you think of labor, there's a couple different types of labor. There's a labor I just explained, the childbirth. And then there's a labor of toil and sweat that you think of. And then there's a labor of man's spirit. Let's go to uh, the different types of labor. can be all laid out. Any good message, you should be able to go to Genesis with. That's a big statement, but you could be preaching in Revelations, and God will tell you the precept is laid out in Genesis. When they talk about the rapture in Re Revelations, 
whether we're pre, post, or mid, getting into some heavy-duty stuff, go back to Genesis and you can have the answer. The precept is laid out all through God's Word, the practice, the precept, the example. And we're to study God's Word according to Isaiah, line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little and there a little. So we're going to go back to the precept laid out. Where do you get labor out of Genesis? Oh, well, we just hinted on it right now. Go back to Genesis 3.16, and you'll see how sin entered into the world. Genesis 3.16. Unto the woman, he said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception in sorrow. Thou shalt bring forth children, and thy desire shall be to thy husband, and he shall rule over thee. Labor, the natural course of mankind, childbirth. You know, God who made the whole world just could have said, okay, you'll reproduce, you kiss each other, and there'll be a baby laying in the crib. He could have done that. But he, because of sin in the world, he had the whole thing go through a natural course. A labor would you have, would you say? And then he turned around to the men and he said unto Adam, he said, Because thou hast hearkened unto thy voice of thy wife and hast eaten of the tree of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it, curse it, cursed is the ground for thy sake, in sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life. Thorns also and thistles shall it bring forth to thee, and thou shalt eat of the herb of the field. One of the reasons we eat of the herb of the field, you know why he throwed that in there just because he liked garlic? No, I think he threw that in there because there's a lot of health from eating of the herbs of the field. I met with a, a, a brilliant doctor this week. I say he's brilliant because he said I was fine. <laughs> and uh, he, was, he, he alluded to the herbs in our diet, the vitamins we take in, those things that affect our daily health already we have to look for our daily health because Adam was dying at this time. Adam was on his road to death. So was Eve. And God told him in so many words right here, you can delay that by eating of those herbs that you enjoy the smell of. Kind of neat how Genesis ties in everything. And then later on, he addresses our spiritual need. We have to labor for our spiritual need. Go down to verse 21 of the same chapter. Verse 21 of Genesis chapter 3, Unto Adam also and to his wife did the Lord make coats of, coats of skin and clothed them, covered their nakedness. As they stood there and shivered and wondered why they were there and what it was all about and how mad God was and how mad or what was going to happen to them and what God was really saying to them, he kindly explained to them that the recompense for their sin would be a savior. Blood had to be shed for the sin of mankind to get to heaven, to get this thing behind them, to get it over with. And they had to labor at that. They had to go find a goat and skin it. You know, deer season's open now, and we were traveling on the ferry. No surprise to anybody this week. All you heard about is, oh, you know, we got this deer, and we're going we're gonna to get a bear next month, and Lord, oh, and, uh, boy, i got to find somebody who can skin it for me. i got to find somebody who process it for me and all this kind of stuff. And this man here knows a lot about that processing part. It's not easy work. In fact, if you look at the Old Testament priests, 
The Old Testament priests were butchers. Had a very good pro pro profession. They were butchers. You got to understand that about the culture. That's why we go back to the Old Testament and spend so much light on the New Testament as we understand there's nothing new under the sun. And we'll find the answers all through the Bible. We just don't isolate it to one side. I'm not a New Testament man. I'm a biblical man. And that's the way we should be in our faith. We draw from it from both sides of the Testaments. We draw from it from all of God's Word. After all, it's for all of mankind. I don't want to labor that point, but I just wanted to make you aware of it. And some of those neat things about uh, God and blood and animals being sacrificed. Do you know why, did it ever dawn on you, why some of these naturalists are so far away from the natural order of things? They hollered and clamored for the polar bear to be uh, saved, and we were all going to have to stop driving cars just so the polar bears would walk. Because in Romans, it says they'll worship the created more than the creator. And so we can get easily misplaced just looking at God's word and taking a little point here and building a whole doctrine on it, such as the Seventh-day Adventists and when they worship. And there's, I have nothing to get, some of the two people witnessed to me while I was in the agricultural industry, both of them were Seventh-day Adventists. Not Baptists, not Jehovah Witnesses tried, <laughs> but the only ones who brought me the true gospel of Christ. And I let them carry it all the way through because I wanted to see if there was any holes in it, were Seventh-day Adventists. Some people that uh, worship on Saturday rather than Sunday. Are they going to hell? No. 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 See, we, we tend to look at things like this. God's Word, on, on the, and then I'll get back to the subject, God's Word does two things, and we alluded to that in Sunday school. It is a two-edged sword. Hebrews 4.12, I believe it is more powerful than any two-edged sword. That two edges, one comforts and one convicts. And see, I get up here as a pastor and I'm trying to feed the people and I'm competing with men on the radio that have a butter knife for their scripture and all they do is comfort. And it goes both ways. So you come to God and you come to him on Sunday mornings and you want to be fed. Okay, stop eating marshmallows and you might develop a taste for steak or barbecued chicken. But that's another, another thing about come on to me. You have to make that effort. You have to work at it. You have to come to church. We have to gather together. We have to be ready to look at God's word together and evaluate it. We have to be held accountable towards it, each one of us, in our own understanding. That's why you come to Sunday school, so you can develop a better understanding. Two punches, one, one for church, one for Sunday school. Come on to me, all ye that labor. Every one of us has to work to stay alive. My Bible says if you don't work, you won't eat. You shouldn't eat, but uh, those are all points of this message. Come on to me, all you that labor, and I will give you rest. All ye that labor, and I will give you rest. 
Did you ever wonder why you're not rested? Well, the doctors will tell you, and he told me this week, you've got to eat right. You've got to minister to your body. You've got to think right. It's good you go to church. You've got to watch your spirit, too. We have to control ourselves. We'll be moderate in all things, Scripture says, as Christians. We have to examine ourselves according to God's word and hold it up as an authority on our life. And as we meet with God on those terms, he'll meet with us and he'll give us rest. Now, on the physical side of things, I've told you once, I'll probably say it again, my dad at one point in his life was a union manager. He organized unions in different shops. And the first thing he did do was talk to the boss of the shop. Because that's the natural order of things, too. Things come from the top down. He'd go to the shop and say, you don't give your men off uh, on Sundays. Do you give them off any day of the week in particular? No, we don't. We, uh, we work them on an eight-day shift or eight-day, uh, seven-day shift, and they'll get three days off. doesn't matter when it falls. Sometimes. But this time of year in the particular industry he was at, I'm thinking of a specific example where I watched him, was at a paper mill, and they were kicking out diapers when they first got developed. <laughs> uh, Green Bay, Wisconsin, place where they make all the diapers. And these are new. And they worked them seven days a week, round the clock, just shifted them in, shifted them out. Took overtime. He says, you know, those machines will break down They'll get magnetized, they'll heat up, and they'll break down if you don't rest them one day a week. You need to rest them one day a week. Your productivity will go up 5 to 15%, depending on how hard you're running them. And they were running them 24-7, seven days a week. It's a production thing. There's the body. God says, come on to me, set Sunday aside, set a day aside to meet with me, and I will give you rest. Your body will last longer. It's proved by the insurance companies. Our bodies will last longer if you give it a break. Last three doctors I've seen, in fact, Brother Sealander was one of them. Slow down. Take it easy. Lord, give me a church. I'm great. It's great. I get to slow down. You guys slow me down. <laughs> and I'm glad. I'm thankful for it. I'm thankful I don't have to teach Sunday school. I'm thankful I didn't have to do this. This is great anyways. This is cool. I don't even know who did it all. I know Brother Marvin had a little to do with it because I seen him with a tape measure, my tape measure in his hand, <laughs> and I seen some work done here. I don't have to worry about the finances or anything else on that regard. Brother, another brother in Christ, Brother Kevin, who's had a wonderful birthday, his life might be shortened up for all of his worries, but mine's going to be lengthened because he's taken on some of that. I say that in, in lightness. But there's a principle involved. Come unto me, all ye that labor. Now, if you're pregnant, you go to church, you're going to benefit from that more than you can imagine, especially if you can get that guy I'm talking in the ladies' respect, especially if you can get the, your spouse to come with you. You'll benefit. You'll benefit. And if you're not fortunate enough to have your spouse come with you, the Holy Spirit will comfort you. 
The Holy Spirit will give you that rest. God said it. Come on to me, all you that labor, and I will give you rest. So we look at it in a very physical way. Now we're looking at it towards a spiritual way. A spiritual way. Labor at it. And the whole thing implies one word, this four-letter word that people don't like. W-O-R-K. Nobody likes it. Nobody likes to even give it away. We talked about grace the last time we were together. Grace is something we all desire and we can't get enough of, and we hard, it's hard to give away. Work is something we don't want, but everybody wants to give it away. So you have to live in this world. It takes work. My faith takes work. Well, we're back to Sundays again, aren't we? My faith takes work. John chapter 17. Just look over there where Christ prayed to his heavenly Father, and he says, my work is complete. I've done the work you sent me to do. Now, was he a carpenter? Yeah, but he wasn't while he was talking to his heavenly father in those regards. That was a, towards the last three years of his ministry. He put a lot of work into it. Brother, uh, Brother Russell puts a lot of work into his Sunday school lessons, and they're going to get better yet sooner or later. I keep praying they'll get better. No. <laughs> uh, we're, gonna, he's, we're getting a projector and some things to aid along those lines. Brother Jay puts work into his Sunday school lesson. And he's, he, uh, he's going to even counsel with someone else about his Sunday school lesson under my recommendations. Not that he needs the counsel, but it's work. And the more people you get involved, the more you get God's word sucked into it, the better it's going to be for everybody involved. The Sunday school teachers, they put work into their ministries. They put work into their faith. This here isn't up here because they just like to see you to see the back of that hymnal. They put work, this isn't, yeah, it's a hymnal. They put work into reading these notes and practicing what they play and all that kind of stuff. It takes work in your faith. Come on to me, all of that labor and are heavy laden. You ever wonder why you walk out of church without any answers? Because you didn't put much work into it. The old saying, you get out of it what you put into it. Now, I don't mean that directly. I don't have anybody in mind. I mean it that we need to be conscious of what our lives are about. We're made body, soul, and spirit. Body, soul, and spirit. i got to go back to my notes here. That's found in 1 Timothy 5.23. Brother John, you want to read 1 Timothy 5.23 for us? No, you're a prayer. Uh, why don't you read that for us, can you? 1 Timothy 5.23. You rest can take the time and take a look at it. You're made of body, soul, and spirit. This 11.28 is addressed to your body, your soul, and your spirit. And if you don't want to, when you find it, you can hand it to me. Yours is a little bigger print than the one I'm reading out of. 1 Timothy, chapter 5, verse 23. You sit in the front row, you pay the price. He got the ticket, so now he's got to read it. 5.23. Uh, that's all right, we need a break. All of that labor, we're getting a little rest. 
<laughs> all right. That's all right. I'll find it. This is my wife's Bible. Okay. See, this is more than just me picking on Brother John. Uh, he's putting some work into this. He's going to get more out of this message than anybody else today. 523. Ah, Thessalonians. Oh, yeah, we're going to get in a real chapter there. Wow. Then, do you know what that? Yeah, but you know, you're in the right spot. I gave you the wrong address. It's sort of like when I'm driving through Ketchikan this week and my wife gave me the right address. I was in the wrong spot, though. First Timothy, First Thessalonians 5.23. All right. Thank you, Brother John. He'll remember 523 now. On to the very God of peace, sanctify you wholly. I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body, body be, be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. 1 Thessalonians 523. And the very God of peace, sanctify you wholly. That means set apart holy, right, Brother John? And I pray, God, and I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. There's another companion verse to that because I don't like to pull just one verse out of Scripture found in Matthew, uh, just a couple chapters before we get there. But God's concerned about your body, your soul, and your spirit. And he'll, put, he'll meet with you if you put work into it. When I received the diagnosis that frightened me before I came up here to Alaska, I put some prayer into it. I put some work into it. Man, they give me one of those things, a scale, electronic scale. You got to weigh yourself every day, which is a nightmare in itself. And then if that don't shock you into reality, then they give you a little blood pressure thing, and it goes on your arm, and you got to hit that. And then they had, what else did they have me hooked up to? Three things. A heart monitor was taped to my chest, and I... You know, I didn't know if I sneezed, if I was going to ruin the whole system or what. And so when it was all done, you know, I had to put a lot of work into it. And it paid off. It paid off. They finally figured out what it was. They finally got it all narrowed down. And uh, it works out. But you have to put work into your life to get anything out of it. Your body, your soul, your well-being as a person your attitude, you have to put work into it, and then your spirit. And one affects the other. Talk to anybody in the medical field. One affects the other. Depression robs you of a whole lot of things in your life. We fight that all the time here in Alaska. Come on to me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. The last uh, thought in there, and I will give you rest. Who will give you rest? Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. God the Father hears your prayers. The Holy Spirit minister to you. And Jesus Christ promises, I will give you rest. So if you're having trouble in any of these three areas, anything from de depression to heart failure, which they all tie in sometimes, 
go to God with it. Spend some time and work at it. And spend some time on your spiritual life. We all need to spend a little more time on our spiritual life. By uh, the mission of the Sunday school teacher, we tend to just put a, you know, on a half hour, 40 minutes. Yeah, we're getting there about, about 30 minutes now into Sunday and looking at God's word. And if we happen to come to Sunday school, then we put another hour in or another 45 minutes. And then Wednesday we put 45 minutes in. But you know, I spend a lot of time ministering to my body. It takes me longer than that a week to shower. It takes me, I spend a lot more time eating that <laughs> than 45 to 60 minutes a week. We have to take and spend some time in God's word as Christians. And if we're not, if I'm not, I want to use coffee illustration, but I won't. I'm not skilled, I will. I'm not skilled enough to make coffee, but I hang around those that do. So if I'm not skilled enough to teach myself the Bible, hang around those that do. And make sure you hang around the right ones. Not the ones that write their own Bible. I question anybody's motive for writing their own Bible. I question anybody's motive who prints a different Bible. Because there's something found in Revelations about chapter 22 that curses those. And you see how about God's book, you see how he is prevalent all through it. we just seen how Matthew eleven twenty eight goes through our whole lives from our body, soul, and spirit. When you start messing with the spiritual side of things, you're really out on the wrong one. Now, I'm not saying you can't learn something from them, but you better watch it. When I've got two books, you know that R.A. Torrey, I, I took one of the books out of the library, and I'm going to read it, R.A. Torrey. Brilliant man, wonderful man, used to God. He didn't use the King James Bible. They've rewritten a lot of his work with the King James Bible in it. I'm going to read one of those. But at his day and age, it wasn't quite the challenge. It wasn't the same circumstances. But there's nothing new under the sun. And so uh, I'll have my tongue in my cheek when I read R.A. Torrey's work. I'll have my tongue in my cheek when I read John R. Rice's work. John R. Rice's John R. Rice was one of the fathers of the Independent Baptist movement that pulled the Independent Baptist out of the Southern Convention for various reasons we'll go into when we study Samson. There's a commercial now. We're studying Samson tonight. We're going to look at the four. I'm doing a commercial now. We're going to look at the four uh, covenants that we see in the fifth verse in the fifth word of the introduction to Samson. It's going to take us a long time to get through the book of Samson, but there's a lot of principles and things we can learn from that era, that time, that day and age that God decided we were going to look at that scripture. There's a lot more to the book of Samson than the little storybooks and the wonderful stories, and I love them, all about Samson. So you want to get your big boy pants on. I kind of like that the way that sounds. Put your big boy pants on, and we'll look at Samson tonight in Scripture. Might be real boring, but there's something to learn about that. Just like we just looked at Matthew 11:28, the simplicity of the verse is there. The Bible was written for eighth graders at an eighth grade level. It was written for eighth grade English comprehension, but it's simple in its precepts. And then if you want to dig into the concepts, 
and the stimulants for some of those and the reasons why it lays out like that, you can easily spend 40 minutes on one verse, which we've just done. And I want you all to stand. Let's all stand. I want to give you an, a, a moment. I guess somebody was complaining about me stand, uh, standing at the end of service. No problem. You don't have to stand if you don't feel well. Sit. If you get dizzy, fine. The air's stuffy. I don't know. But, you know, I just stood here for 40 minutes. <laughs> and if I'm getting tired of standing, I think maybe you're tired of sitting. The whole concept isn't even scriptural. If you study God's word, and if you practice God's word in other countries, most of them outside of the European countries stand while they receive God's word. You've been in Africa, Brother McCoy. Uh, Brother McDonald. Brother McDonald, Kevin, birthday man. Uh, in Africa, they don't have chairs in their churches. At least the ones I've been in. Uh, they just had nothing but dust and dogs running around on the floor. Uh, the ladies will sit way in the back so they can nurse their children. Uh, the men stand around the front because they want to receive something. They're putting some work into God. They're putting some work into their faith. Some of those people, I remember one time, church service, 12 miles. Here they come down the road, down the lane. You can see them. There's no roads where we were. It's just dirt road, dirt, dirt paths. And here they come, 12 miles. They walked one way to church. They took off at daybreak. They got there about 11 o'clock. It's a good thing we were still going with church. So I don't want you to sit down on the rocks, and I don't want you to get dirty, uh, uh, your pants dirty on the ground. So we're going to wrap this up. But the point of the message, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. God promises to take care of your body, soul, and spirit as much as you allow him, as much as you submit yourself to his word, as much as you work at receiving his word, as much as you work at practicing his word, he will bless you. And I'm not saying you, I got the cure for cancer, but I've seen enough people with it that if they put some time into this book and worked on their faith, it went a lot easier for them, a lot easier. Each one of us have a responsibility. We all have the cure. We all have to work at our faith. And he'll give you rest. He'll give you the confidence and the blessings. They'll come out. It'll be a blessing. Thank you, Lord, for the privilege to look into your word. Thank you for the opportunity to uh, study it and to contemplate on it and to meditate on it, Lord. None of us have arrived. I know I need this message. I know I need to spend more time studying your word. I need to spend more time working at my faith. I need to spend more time working at my health. I need to spend more time working on my attitude. I thank you for the promise that as I do such, you will give me success and rest and the blessings that you have in store for those that are obedient to your faith word. In our faith in Jesus Christ, I pray.